0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone Or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. So, the Colts, what a matchup they got this weekend to secure for themselves a playoff spot. They take on the woeful Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jaguars. Are two and 14 on the year. The Colts, they're nine and seven. Colts playing for their lives. Jaguars looking forward to a long vacation. All right, let's look at this thing piece by piece. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. Brought to you by the great people at today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, simply the best that there is at dentistry. Avail yourself of his services. 317-849-2933. 317 2933 Remember to hit subscribe, hit the button, hit like, ring the bell so you get an alert every time we go live. We do it at least twice a day and instant post games every time the Colts or the Hoosiers play. All right, let's go through this bit by bit. Understand who the Jaguars are, understand who the Colts are. All right, Colts, Jaguars, most important position on the field, obviously the kicker. No, it's the quarterback. You got Carson Wentz on one side. You got Trevor Lawrence on the other. Carson Wentz, according to Pro Football Focus, is not going to win a lot of matchups against opposing starting quarterbacks. Carson Wentz ranks 24th among quarterbacks in the NFL with a whole bunch of snaps, mostly starters. All right, 24th at 71.2. Trevor Lawrence, not so generous for the people at Pro Football Focus For Trevor Lawrence, he is ranked 37th at 56.5. Clear advantage to the Colts. Let's look at wide receiver, all right, if you don't believe me. And this, in a lot of cases with wide receiver, this grade is fueled by the quarterback because who's throwing the ball to the wide receiver, right? So you would assume that a 2-14 and team is going to have a difficult time measuring up at the receiver position, with a team like the Colts, who are likely to go to the playoffs, and you would be right. Michael Pittman, number twenty-three, in his ranking on Pro Football Focus at seventy-seven point four, the best for uh, for the uh, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. You've got Lakequan Treadwell, number thirty-six, at seventy-three point four. Not too far, a little bit closer than you would have imagined but that's the way it works. You know, Michael Pittman Jr. has had a really nice year, over 1,000 yards, and granted, who else does Carson Wentz have to throw the ball to? But that's, you know, reality's reality, and you can't downgrade Michael Pittman Jr. because of the dearth of weaponry at Carson Wentz's disposal. At running back, you would assume huge advantage to the Colts, and you would be 100% right. Not only is Jonathan Taylor ranked third, at uh, 86.9 you've got naheem hines at 21st with a score of 74.3 the top ranked and top rated running back for the jaguars is james robinson number 36 at 67.4 clear advantage to the colts and this is a recurring theme at tight end you've got jack doyle and mo Ali cox both with grades much higher than james o'shaughnessy the highest ranked tight end for the Jaguars, you go to the offensive line, both cold starting offensive uh, guards and both tackles great ahead of the Jags starters. You've got on defense, Isaiah Rogers, Rock Yassine and Kenny Moore graded at 20th, 26th and 37th. Their counterparts for the Jaguars uh, at 23rd, 73rd and 89th. Safeties, kind of the same deal. Although you've got uh, Andrew Weiser- uh, or what is it? Um, regardless, higher grade uh, at linebacker. Yes, huge advantage to the Colts. You've got Darius. You've got Okarake at fifth and thirty-fourth highest ranked linebacker is Wilson at number seventy-four for the Jaguars. That at the edge, Quitty Pay at number thirty-eight. You do have Josh Allen for the Jaguars. He can play. He's eighteen. So at the edge position, which is a little bit foreseeable, I suppose, you've got a a skosh advantage to the Jaguars, although Pay is playing better of late. The Colts and the uh, Jaguars this weekend should be advantage Colts, advantage Colts, advantage Colts, win the game. But the Colts are going to have to show up and play. They can't play like they did against the Raiders and expect to go down to Jacksonville, a place where they have not won since 2014 and get a W, and they're going to have to learn to defend in the fourth quarter. Whatever it is that's broken in terms of fourth quarter scoring against and has been throughout the season has got to be fixed. It was way too easy for Vegas at the end of the fourth quarter to go down the field and, and win that game. That should never happen against the Raiders or against anybody else. The Raiders are still going to have a tough time making the playoffs. They've got to win their game against the Chargers. In order to get to the playoffs, and if they don't get to the playoffs, how does that game this past Sunday, is that a bellwether for the Colts moving into the postseason? That's an important thing. So, we'll see what happens against Jacksonville. Here's one thing that they have got to do. Frank Reich has got to stop. Marcus Bailey talked about this today in his media availability with the media. In talking about Jacksonville and in talking about everybody. They want to match up and do what the defense is not stacked to prevent. If they've got eight in the box, the Colts want to throw. If they put seven in the box, the Colts want to run. You know what? At some point, you got to do what you do. You have to do what you do best a lot. And that means handing it to Jonathan Taylor more than 20 times. Don't let somebody scheme you away from your best asset. That is weakness from a leadership and a coaching perspective, and the Colts are not going to win games in the postseason by handing the ball to Jonathan Taylor 20 times and putting the game on Carson Wentz's shoulders. It is not going to happen. You are going to lose in the postseason. Look, postseason games, whether you go to the Super Bowl or not, postseason games are won by the team that does what they are best at best. That's what wins postseason games. And the Colts are the best in the NFL. They're second or third, first, second, or third in a lot of running uh, statistics. And in terms of passing, no. That's not how they get Ws. You cannot let a team like the Bills, like the Bengals, like the Patriots, uh, like the Titans – uh, who am I missing? Chargers, maybe. You, you, Chiefs, you can't let those teams scheme you away from your strength, or you are going to get beat. You got to ride your hot horse to the winner's circle. And if you don't ride that hot horse, you're going to get beat. So don't let teams throw eight in the box and steer you away from it. Eight in the box, screw you. We're running it right up your ass. We're going to run it down your throats. You put 11 in the box. We're going to run it down your throats. This is the way we're going to win. Jonathan Taylor behind Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Mark Lewinsky, Braden Smith, Eric Fisher. This is who we are. It's what we do. And if you can stop us, go ahead. And then you've earned your victory. But if you show eight and all of a sudden we we check to Naheem Hines over here in the flat or Naheem Hines over there in the flat, or, you know, some kind of little hook thing, you know, like Ben Roethlisberger last night throwing the two-yard outs. No, no, no. That is not how the Colts win this game. This, they could probably beat the Jaguars if, if Wentz threw it 50 times. But as you get into the playoffs, you better damn well do it. You do exceptionally well and do it a lot and make sure that you do it well enough to carry the day. That goes for defense, too. Look, when you get to the playoffs, what's the, you know, the calling card for the Colts on defense, forcing turnovers? Well, teams that get into the playoffs, they don't turn the ball over. They wouldn't be in the playoffs. So you better be able to stop people on third and three, third and four, third and six. And if you can't, you're going to wind up on the wrong end of these games in the postseason. You have got to find a way to change what you do without changing who you are. If your game is to force turnovers but you're playing against a team that secures the ball exceptionally well, then you better switch gears to doing something different to turn that team over, whether it's by punt or or pick or whatever. You better figure it out. And the Colts need to understand that too. It's not Darius Leonard punching away at it and thinking that you're going to uh, that he's going to generate a turnover a game. That just doesn't happen every single game, you know. However, he can stop people, and they're going to have to stop people. And yeah, you want to bang at the ball, but you got to know that third and three, you need to get a stop late in the game, or you're going to get beat in the playoffs. These are going to be close games when the Colts get to the playoffs. Not if, when the Colts get to the playoffs, these games are going to be close. And close games are won by the teams that execute late in the game, and the Colts, have not done that defensively. They are 30th in the NFL right now in allowing fourth quarter points. You cannot have that. Where would the Colts be if that defense had gotten a stop against the Titans, against the Bucs, against the Raiders? I'll tell you where they'd be. They would have already salted away the number one seed in these playoffs. They would be the number one overall seed If they had gotten a stop in the fourth quarter, Ravens too, they'd have won that game. So that's what that's four games lost by the Colts because they couldn't get a fourth quarter stop. So you better figure out how to get that done and you better do it. And then on the other side of the ball, like I said, JT, JT, JT. And if all it is, is our two best players are Jonathan Taylor and Quentin Nelson on the offensive side. So here's the ball, Jonathan, and you plant your face right in his dupa and you follow him to pay dirt. If that's all the scheming you do in preparation for these playoff games and that's the way you execute, I think you got a chance to win games. You have got to take advantage of your strength. And if you are willing to and complicit in allowing your opponent to dictate terms away from who is best and what you do best, then you deserve your fate as a postseason loser. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, Pacers tonight against the Knicks. Holy Moses. I I just, I, I try, you know, I try to figure out why in the world I care. I love the Pacers. People within the organization I really enjoy. I see people at the highest level of the Pacers. See them out. They come up. We have a great conversation about life, about basketball. Love the Pacers, all right? But what is compelling about this team? Now they got something a little bit compelling. Lance Stevens. I watched the other night, and I thought, by God, Lance Stephenson, okay. I'm going to watch Lance Stephenson, And not to see what kind of crazy stuff he does, but watch Lance Stevenson because he can flat play. He had eight points the other night, uh, three of eight shooting, three assists, no turnovers. He looked good. The Pacers are trying to get it done with guys who are not nearly as talented as the uh, teams they're playing against. There is a talent chasm between the Pacers and the Knicks Pacers and the Bulls, Pacers and the Raptors, and then don't even get me started with the Western Conference. Pacers have got to get their talented players on the floor and put the ball in their hands to go do things with it. And that's how you win. It's how you win in basketball. It's how you win in football. This isn't brain surgery. For the love of God, you got to be able to shoot, and you've got to get the ball to the guys in places where they can make shots. That's offensive basketball. It's not calculus. It's not, oh, boy, if this guy positions his his feet and shoulders this way, then we we adjust. No, 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 no. Can a guy shoot? Can we get him the ball where he can make a shot? How do we do that? Bang. Zoom. We win. Let's go. All right. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. I can't wait to talk to you then. And I was just, before I did this, I was out with Scott Farrell. Scott Farrell for my money, is as good an interviewer as anybody in radio, television, sports media. He is really, really good. I enjoy being on the show. I don't go on a lot of shows, but I like going on Scott because Scott asks really good questions, and he encourages you to be who you are and say what you say, and it's really fun, and I enjoy it. So thanks to uh, Scott for having me. Like I said, Breakfast with Kent tomorrow. Cannot wait to talk to you then. going to be a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous week preparing week 18. God bless the NFL. Just keeps giving us more and more and more product, right? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?